Yes, people, it's episode 251 of Griff's Brain Dub. It's me, Griff. Obviously, how you doing? I am in East, East, East London. Say East London. And um, <laughs> I'm, uh, I'm near Bethnal Green. Um, Bethnal Green, uh, just around the corner from Backyard Comedy Club. Uh, it's the second gig of the night. So this is how I'm doing my night, man. I do gig one. Then park up, podcast, then gig two. And after that, drive back for gig three. Then head home. Um, I was thinking about doing this, this podcast on the drive home. And I thought, there's no need. I've got time between the two gigs. Let's use that time. Maximise the time. And that's what I've done. So um, here we are. It's, um, it's Saturday. And you know, it's gig heavy. It's comedy heavy today. Um, how are you all doing? How's your week's been? My week uh, has been eventful. Um, with the family, with, uh, with Zadie, she's uh, and Naomi. Naomi's had to stop breastfeeding for medical, under medical advice because of Zadie's allergy. So she had to stop breastfeeding, which was very emotional. And uh, for 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 her, um, obviously, therefore has to be emotional for me because I have to care about what my wife cares about even if I didn't care which I, but I did care this time even if I really didn't care uh if my wife's not feeling great then uh well household doesn't really operate because uh she holds that shit together so she wasn't feeling good um about it about having to stop breastfeeding but she understood it was for the best and Sadie wasn't really taking the bottle and then it's just, it was all very stressful and Zadie like, was worried she wasn't going to drink and going to dehydrate. And then she just went, fuck it, I'm taking the bottle. And then she did. And now she does. And now life's a bit crazy for us because we actually have a child that sleeps, which is new to us. We don't know how to cope with this, where you literally just put her down and she sleeps. Crazy. She put her down and she sleeps. And she's content. And it, it making no sense to us because we're not used to it. We're used to crying, baby. Uh, but no, we've got a baby that, that is chilled now. So yeah, we're going to enjoy that. And and then because of how well uh, Zadie's responded, Naomi messaged me, go, I'm ready to eat. Uh, what do you mean eat? Because eat, eat. And I text her an emoji of a cow and bread because she's had to stop drinking milk, wheat, um, egg, whole bag of stuff, and but she stopped. She's like, "Nope, I'm ready." Zadie's good. I've had a great day. I'm ready to eat. Or what do you want? It's like McDonald's. So I said, "Damn right." Then we had Chinese as well. Like she is getting all the food in that she hasn't been able to eat um, over these past four months because of the child. So yeah, so she's enjoying that. We've already been planning about drinking over Christmas. <laughs> eating cheese, all these things that she thought she weren't going to be able to do. And yeah, so uh, the household is a happier household now. It's good. I can get involved in feeding now. That's the thing, like breastfeeding, it's just another reminder of just kind of how physically useless you are as a man when it comes to, uh, when it comes to child rearing. Giving birth, you can't really get involved. I mean, we could do, hold our hands, be like, oh, you can do this, babe. Shut the fuck up, Darren. I don't want to hear this shit. I'm dying. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah, yeah, no, nah, you're right, you're right. So I hear that. And then, like, breastfeeding. It's just like, again, as a guy, it's like, 
like, yeah, you can do all these, you know, ancillary things. Things in lieu of, but you're not doing the task, you know? Like, if you're playing with Cristiano Ronaldo and he's banging in the goals. He scores four goals in a game. And I was like, what a game Ronaldo's had. And you just go, yeah, but I defended very well. And it's like, no one cares, bruv. It's like, no, but if I weren't defending, he wouldn't be able to score. It's like, no, we get that, but no one cares. It's kind of like that. So that's been my week. Um, so yeah, so that's what I've been doing my week. Uh, work as well, I've been doing that. Um, yeah, and that's it. That's it in my personal life. So what's been going on? What's been going on? Um, where do we start? Where do we start? Let's start more... No, it's not going to be light-hearted. I don't think it's light-hearted, really. I guess we can start more... Let's start with the darker stuff. Let's start about Kyle... Rittenhouse, um, I don't know Carl Rittenhouse is, he's that teenage shooter, um, in America, uh, and I, I had a, had a link to, to what actually happened, because I didn't want to just waffle, uh, about it, but, um, it's a bit nuts, yeah, so Carl Rittenhouse, uh, He's a guy who, um, so last year, a U.S. teen shot three people during unrest on the streets of Wisconsin. Attorneys at his murder trial will argue he acted in self-defense. I'm obviously reading an older article. Carl Rittenhouse, 18, charged with killing two men and wounding another during disorder in the streets of Kenosha last August. Um, so, yeah, so that, that's what, so he, um, so the facts, the facts of the case, right? Um, were this. Here, here are the facts of the case. So it's civil unrest because uh, a man was killed. It was, um, I need to remember his name. There's just so many black people get killed by police. I can't remember the guy's name. I can't remember his name. Um, what the hell is the guy's name? You got. Oh, Jacob Blake. Jacob Blake got killed. At the hands of police. So, civil unrest, three months after George Floyd. You know, America's a powder keg, ready to, ready to blow. So here's the facts of the case. The night before the shooting, 17-year-old Carl Rittenhouse travelled from his home in Antioch, Illinois, to his friend Dominic Black's place in Kenosha, in neighbouring Wisconsin. So he had to cross a state line, making it a federal case, I think. He brought with him an AR-style semi-automatic rifle allegedly purchased on his behalf by Mr. Black. Uh, Mr. Black is white, by the way. Um, local officials had declared a state of emergency one day earlier amid, a mass, amid mass protests and street unrest over the shooting of Jacob Blake, a black man. They don't mention it, it was at the hands of police. And the incident came just three months after the national outcry over the police murder of George Floyd, an unarmed black man in Minneapolis. Um... On 25th of August 2020, um, the two young men said they joined other armed civilians in protecting local car dealerships and cleaning up graffiti. Later in the day, bystander video captures Mr. Rittenhouse being chased to a car park of a used uh, car dealership by Joseph Rosenbaum, 36. Moments later, unseen on video, Mr. Rittenhouse fires four times and kills Rosenbaum. Um, as he runs down the street, away from the scene, Mr. Rittenhouse falls and multiple people converge upon him. Uh, maybe because he just shot a guy, but I don't know. Andy Huber, 26, hits him in the head with a neck, hits him in the head and neck with a skateboard. Now, listen, 
don't bring a skateboard to a gunfight is, is my advice um and this is what happened mr rittenhouse kills him with a bullet to the stomach um i mean if i was to enter a fight i'd rather a gun than a skateboard but um continue uh, but again, you could argue that, uh, you know, if he hadn't shot the previous guy, then this guy wouldn't have attacked him. Um, and you could argue that if he hadn't gone to this thing, then no one would have been attacking him or chasing him with his guns. Anyway, and then Gage grows Kurtz, 27, approaches him with a pistol in hand. Mr. Rittenhouse wounds him with a shot in the arm. All three victims were white. Carl Rittenhouse is also white. He is now facing six counts, including reckless homicide, int intentional homicide and reckless endangering safety. If convicted on the most serious charges, he could spend decades in prison, which we know he didn't. And the prosecution and defence made their opening arguments in court on Tuesday. Now, reading all of that, the facts of the case, I'm like, this guy's got to go prison. Why have you fast yourself up to cross state lines to go to civil unrest? A place it's been stated that there's civil unrest there. Why are you going there with a semi-automatic rifle? You're there looking for trouble. That's my view of it. That's what and I think that's the prosecution view. However, that's not how the law is written. Okay. And um, this is a crazy thing. What is um so it, the, 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 so here's what um, here's what the prosecutors needed to prove, right? Which is crazy, but this is how the law works. Um, sorry, no. How so? How is so basically? Sorry, I should say. So the defense have argued it's self-defense. This is how self-defense is justified in the U.S. In the U.S., people can justify the use of deadly force against another when it when it reasonably appears necessary. Wisconsinites may not be prosecuted if their methods of self-defense were necessary to prevent imminent death or great bodily harm. The legal standard comes with a two-part test. Jurors must decide whether or not the use of deadly force was objectively reasonable under the circumstances. Did the person reasonably fear that they were about to be assaulted or seriously injured? If they did, then they would be entitled to use self-defense, said Mr. Gross. So if we just stop it there, in that point, you're like, well, yeah, of course he did think he was going to get hurt because people were chasing him. And then another guy was hitting him with a skateboard and people converging on him. So, yeah, it does seem like he was, um, does seem like he, he had the right to use, to, to use self-defense. That sounds like self-defense, right? Cool. Um... So the 20-person jury must also put themselves in the shoes of the defendant to decide if, knowing what he knew then, Mr. Rittenhouse sincerely believed he was in danger, which if I was in the jury, as the law's written, I would sincerely think that Mr. Rittenhouse thought he was in danger, right? In the moment, the defendant used deadly force. If his belief was reasonable but mistaken, it's still considered reasonable under the circumstances, he notes. So again, even if you've made a mistake, you're actually not in that much danger. But you thought, fuck me, I'm in danger. If, you, if it's reasonable to think you are, then that still counts as self-defence. Mr. Gross tells the BBC that the dual test will need to be applied three times over, unlike in other self-defence cases, because Mr. Rittenhouse shot three people. He also points out the challenge ahead for jurors is the highly politicised case unfolds. People either see Mr. Rittenhouse as a hero or a villain, says Mr. Gross. It's going to be challenging for jurors to focus on the specifics of the case and strip away a lot of the baggage that has been attached to him. 
Right, that's the thing. If you're left wing, you're like he's he's racist and he's 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 gone to a uh, to a protest about a black man being shot and he's gone with a gun to cause trouble. And if you're right wing, you're like he's a hero and he's he's the Second Amendment and it's America and it's you know and it's like he, he's gone to defend civil property and civil liberties and he's a good guy he's a good kid right and really all that guff doesn't really matter when it comes to law it's about what's written in the law and what's written in the law means that he has actually acted legally legally he's he's defend himself legally so as the law's written the jury's the court's decision was actually the right decision legally so where's the racism here's the racism racism's here that that is legal how that man acted i can argue with the law say the law's a piece of shit the law's rubbish law's dumb doesn't make sense whatever but here's where the racism is and i know it's a bit of supposition but let's play with it let's imagine if carl rittenhouse was black 17 with a semi-automatic rifle crossing state lines turns up at a protest and then he ends up shooting three people at the protest you're thinking that wouldn't happen darren why because when the police saw him walking with a rifle they would have shot him dead you understand in america people get shot dead for having a mobile phone in their hand having nothing in their hand so you're coming with a semi-automatic rifle I very much doubt you are making it to where you want to go without being intercepted by police. Now, like I said, this is supposition. I don't think we have any precedent for it. I mean, it's not going to be reported on the news every time a black guy is in an open carry state and doesn't get stopped by police. So I guess it's very hard for me to actually find the real facts on that. But we have a feeling that a black guy wouldn't have got to that state. That got to that stage. A black guy wouldn't be facing trial for this because they would be dead already. And that's the thing. It's that kind of two, it's that two, uh, two part, two level uh, society they have in America, right? And across the world, when it comes to race, because it's not just America, you know. And we're talking about race. That helps me segue seamlessly talking about race to uh, the idea of uh, white Jamaicans, a particular white Jamaican, but not actually really about him, about White Yardie's appearance on the show Unapologetic, hosted by Zizi Mills and Yuka Bokini, and uh, where he was asked by one of the other guests, when did you decide you were Jamaican? Uh, so what's happened here is he's decided he's um, Jamaican <laughs> when he's three months old. Because um, what happened was his mum was already living in Jamaica. I'm not sure if she's born in Jamaica, his mum. But his mum was already living in Jamaica. She returned. She just had, a, he said himself, she had a miscarriage previously. So when she was having this child, she returned to the UK under the NHS care uh, for three months. Had birth with, gave birth to, to Harry. I found out his name was Harry Gregory. I didn't know his name was Gregory. But um, gave birth after three months, got all of his jabs, came back 
back to Jamaica and he'd been in Jamaica since he was three months old until he returned back to the UK when he was 18. So to me, is that man a Jamaican? Yes, very much so. Very much so. Um, is So to me, that is, it's just a ridiculous question, a very ignorant question to ask on when he decided Jamaican because I think that really does derive from many people's struggle to differentiate between race and nationality or ethnicity and nationality because uh, again race is a very hard thing to actually talk about scientifically and objectively there's always some kind of you know social political element to race you know races in one country don't exist in other countries it's crazy right you know like for example south africa you have colored we don't have coloreds in the uk you have mixed and that's it but they, you literally create a whole new race in South Africa if you're coloured. So if you're both coloured and you have kids with each other, then your kid's coloured. But you're not black. But you're not white. Crazy, right? Whereas in the UK, you've got mixed. Uh, our Asian here is means uh, people from the Indian subcontinent. Asian in America means people from East Asia. Uh, you know? So it's all these things where race doesn't mean the same thing in in different countries um the black people of one country aren't black in another the guy i used to work with he was uh bosniak in in croatia they were black they, they were they were the black of, of that country he comes here he's like i'm not black he goes but he goes i well, i see how black people are treated here he goes and i just see my people in that he goes yeah well, now i'm here in the uk he goes i'm nothing but white <laughs> it's just he goes he goes it was it was a hard thing for him to get his head around my cousin her uh, ex-husband he was dominican he he acknowledged he's black in the uk but he wasn't black in 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 uh in the dominican republic because he was kind of mixed race and lighter skinned he wasn't he, so he was, never, he was just seen as Dominican and he wasn't as dark as like Haitians. That's, that's what he said. He was like, yeah, because when he came, he, so he was never seen as black there because he, he had the right, he was the right shade. He goes, got over here and everyone's just like, he's black, you're black, you're black, you're black. And then he said that again, he didn't have any issue with it. He goes, but it was an adjustment. Like, oh, okay, cool. That's, that's what I am. So that's where you've got to separate race from nationality. And, and it's undoubtedly that white yard in any other person who moves to a country when they're three months old, especially if their parents already lived there, they come back, that they're that nationality. They ask him where we had the Jamaican passport. Now, here's the, here's the debate. The internet went a bit crazy about it, said, what a stupid question. And it was a stupid question. And um, But what it was, was people's um, responses to it then created another argument. The responses... Uh, where now other one was going, it was very interesting how black people now jump into the fence of a white guy. And again, it's like, yeah, but no, not really. That's not exactly what's happening there. I, I don't think that's like, yes, that is what's happening because that's who's involved in the matter. Yeah. But it's like if a man has an argument with a woman or has a disagreement with a woman and then other men actually back the woman because they think she's actually right. And then everyone goes, you simp. Oh, you capping. All that stuff. You're just like, no, that's that's not what's that's not what's happening here. 
All right, that's not what's happening here. She's just right. So that's what was in that case. But what I kept on seeing was people saying Jamaica's a diverse country. Out of many, one people. People kept quoting the national motto: "Out of many, one people." And it brought up the question and the, the idea is like, hold on, everyone keeps on quoting this and saying it's diverse, but Jamaica is really not diverse. When it comes to diversity, Jamaica is less diverse than the UK. Yeah, the UK is a white country and the UK is only think, 90, maybe 85% white. You can, let's, Darren, you've got the internet in your bloody hands. Let's have a look. UK ethnicity demographics. You don't actually you can't actually find race um, race statistics. It would be ethnicity. But um, let's see population population eighty six percent white. Uh, with and that's eighty point five percent white British. Yep. Yeah. So whereas Jamaica. I'm almost certain it's like 97% black. Let's see, ethnic. Ethnic demographics. Oh, no, I see. Oh, what? What's that? Let's see, how's this done? It's always interesting to read the facts. I was about to talk like, like I knew everything. Jamaica demographics. Jamaicans of African descent represent 76.3% of the population. So, <laughs> it's actually, yeah, she is more diverse than the UK. <laughs> um, followed by 15.1% Afro-European. Um, followed by 3.4% of East Indian and Afro-East Indian. And then 3.2% Caucasian, 1.2% Chinese, and 0.8% others. So there's literally the same percentage of white people in, the, in Jamaica as there are black people in the UK. Hilarious that I was about to do. But anyway, but the point does remain that it's not actually that type. See, now I've had to... I've fucked up my own podcast. How how diverse is diverse? What What is the definition of diverse? Like, how mixed does a country have to be? Like, is America diverse? I think there's 40 million black people there. Would you say that? See, I think you get cities that are diverse. You get places within a country that are diverse. London's diverse. Yeah? But even within London, there's areas that are very concentrated in one. And that's the thing with stats, right? Whatever level you go to, you will end up being flipped the other way. So, for example, the UK is majority white. London is majority white. Then you go to certain boroughs and then that becomes majority black. And then you go to certain towns in those boroughs and then that will be majority white again or majority Asian or whatever. So, you know what I mean? It's like you break down to different levels and you don't really know what you're looking at. But, the actual point I was going to make about Jamaica, it still remains true, is is that Jamaica has become it's very like it's not become. I think and all the I think all the countries of the Americas, so I'm talking about North and South America, 
because of how they've come about, whereas people have migrated to those countries, wiped out the indigenous, indigenous people, you then have to sell this dream to the Africans who are there, the Europeans that are there, who've mixed with indigenous people, that we are this new thing. Therefore, we are American. We are Jamaican. We are Brazilian. We, we are this thing that we've had to make up. We are here now. Forget those guys on the other side of the globe. Because I see a lot of people go, we're arguing against, uh, you know, white guys claim of nationality, going, well, if, if someone black was born in China, would they be Chinese? And it's just like, here's the thing, what you're doing here, you're ignoring the fact that, yes, they would be Chinese by nationality, but the fact that China, like most of Asia, are ethno-nationalities, in the sense of Korean people look Korean. It, you know what I mean? They are Korean by ethnicity and by nationality. Same as Japanese, same as Chinese. Yeah, they're, they're ethno-nationalities. Whereas Europe, because of immigration, not so much. And because and those Americas, because of migration, people getting there, not so much. So to compare the two is actually, although it may seem like a fair equivalent, it's not. And then like Africa as well, again, is it's weird. Africa is it's, it's like a hybrid, really, because you've got your ethnic groups within Af in African countries, but then you've just drawn straight lines around them. Gone, you're, you're this thing now. You're, you're Nigerian now. Just there you go. Chuck all those ethnic groups in there. They all look at each other like, we're, we're not the same, mate. You know what I mean? You're a bit people like, no, we're not the same. House of people up north, like, we, we ain't the same. When they're not, nah. And he's like, ah, you're Nigerian. So go sort it out. And when we say sort it out, we mean please never sort it out so we can always meddle. And, you know, so again, it's, it's, they're not, it's not the same. You can't compare them. But in the context of these North, North and South American countries, he's very much Jamaican. But the point I'm going to make is, though, is because of that, though, because of that drive of you are Jamaican, ignore everything else. Because of that, you then see that you've been hoodwinked. That then you look, and this isn't about, this is no longer about white yardies now, just in general. It's now you then look at Jamaica, a country that is majority black, same as the UK is majority white. But then when you look at people in positions of power, and positions of, that's not just political power, you know, financial power as well. You then see that the people in, at the top in the UK, Although don't act or have to say they don't think of themselves alike as the majority of people in the UK, they do look like them. Yeah, so a white guy living in a council house, yeah, been furloughed, now been sacked, life's going shit. He looks at the richest person in the country and sees someone that looks like him still. He knows they're not the same person. He knows that the person wouldn't have pissed on him if he was on fire. He knows that, but he looks at him and sees the same person. In the same, same race. Whereas in Jamaica, majority of black country, you look at the, I think, the 10 richest guys. Yeah, they're race. Let's not talk about race. I'm Jamaican. Is that, I know you're Jamaican, Mr. Chan, Mr. Lee. You know what I mean? You'll see, it'll, it'll be, they'll be of Lebanese descent, or they'll be of other European countries, or they'll be 
Jewish ethnicity, uh, so I said white, European, Asian, Chinese, Indian, it will be all these things. And they'll have a wife who's got, you know, maybe a granddaddy who's black. You look at all the politicians and stuff. You look at you look at the faces on the money. You look at who's representing. Like I said, and I think what happens is in those countries, right, is like because you look at the goals of black people in minority countries, inclusion, representation. When you're in Jamaica, yeah, of course, there's dark-skinned black people all over the adverts and... And the posters and you see them there and, you know, every day you're walking around and they're doing good jobs and they're hosting the news. Cool, cool, cool. There's black face everywhere. So what's there to complain about? But then when you really just start slicing it up and you start thinking, right, beauty standards. You look at who's actually representing Jamaica in these Miss Worlds and stuff. And you look at Cindy Breakspear. That's, um, that's Damien Marley's mum. Again, not questioning her. Um, authenticity as a Jamaican. Oh, she's definitely Jamaican. So she can represent Jamaica. But I'm saying what she looks like. And I think that's what happens in those countries. Same as Brazil. We're, I guess the difference is, is what we think Brazilians look like. And then what a lot of them actually do look like. Is different when you think of what a Brazilian looks like. Whereas I think when you think of what a Jamaican looks like. That is what majority of Jamaicans look like. However, like I'm saying, the ones who are actually in, in power and position and stuff don't look like that. You know, the richest families. Because where's that money going to come from? Maybe it comes from a bit of land ownership in the country. Uh, who owned land Did that in Jamaica? I don't know. Do you guys know? <laughs> hey? Wink, wink. One who owned land in Jamaica, traditionally. Who's, who's going to have that old money? in Jamaica whose interest is it going to be to be selling the idea that hey guys let's all chill out we're all Jamaican here hey oh what the British did to us was terrible right us Jamaicans it's like hold on my man weren't you um weren't you a part of them no 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 my family's been in Jamaica for years I know you've been in Jamaica for years I'm not denying that mate I'm just saying you you've also been in um in people ownership for years as well. Kind of until it got banned. <laughs> and now you're here to tell us we're all Jamaican. So I think that was a conversation that uh probably wouldn't have been suited for the show, but maybe for the show you could have asked white yardy questions like do you think being white has you know fast you know has accelerated your success? As a comedian on the black circuit. And I begrudge him for it, but I'm saying, you know, do, do you think that's thing? And do you feel that you do enough for on you know for black people or talk on black issues when they happen, considering how much you've benefited from black people? I don't, don't, again, I think in the context of the show, because the show is about cultural appropriation. And stuff, you know. Maybe you could have asked him, what do you think cultural appropriation is? And looks like. Why do you think you you shouldn't be accused of it? These are all valid questions that would have allowed him 
to answer and then would have allowed us to watch go, oh, that's a fair enough answer, leave the guy alone. Or we might have gone, ah, he's chatting shit. But it would have been a better, better interview. Uh, someone told me on Clubhouse, apparently, someone highlighted to him that if your mum wasn't white, she wouldn't have been able to come from Jamaica back to the UK, have a kid and then go back with no questions asked. And apparently he was on Clubhouse when this was put to him and he acknowledged that. He said, no, no, for sure, definitely. Now, here's the thing, bringing it back to White Yardy. Now, I don't know him personally and I might be wrong, but from what I've seen of him whenever he's challenged on race stuff, he's always asked it the right way to me. Uh, he's, he's never been dismissive about it. So... I think he's just a bloke living his life. Someone asked, someone, they could have asked him why is he called White Yardy? If it, you know, if race doesn't matter. I know the actual answer to that. Apparently, uh, his nickname was just Yardy to his friends uh, when he came here, obviously because he's Jamaican, um, only for there to be another guy called Yardy in the area. So when people just try and d- distinguish the two, they say, you know, Yardy. He's like, which Yardy? He goes, White Yardy. And he's like, oh, okay, yes. So that became his name, White Yardy. His name when he first started comedy was Prince Harry. And you can actually look through his Instagram. You see his first stuff he started was he was coming as Prince Harry. But then, think about it. If someone says Prince Harry, it's not strong. Of, it's not as strong of a brand as White Yardy. So you can argue that his name's authentic, but you're doing the thing. And I don't begrudge the man for it. You know what I mean? You've got to say something that sticks in people's heads. So, hey, it was just a mad thing. And I think, like I said, that there was a better conversation to be had rather than asking when did you decide, when did you decide you were Jamaican? What a waste of question. What a waste of question. But um, anyway, that's that. Let's let's see. Uh... Let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see, let's see. Well, am I still recording? I'm still recording, good. Well, let's get on to um, Dear Deirdre's and now I can head to this gig. All right. Dear Deirdre. I'm so thirsty. I know exactly what drink I want. I want one of those, um, those aloe vera drinks. You know what I'm talking about? Those aloe vera drinks. Oh, this, this, where this place is, it's so booky, man. Like, that's what I was going to tell you guys, right? So I was looking for parking. Shit, I completely forgot about that. Looking for parking, um, found a car park, I mean, a parking space, only to see glass smashed out on the floor. And I was like, hmm, yeah. Okay, yeah, right, no. Y- you don't park your car in the space of a previous car jacket, like, <laughs> car breaking, right, um, so I'm gonna have to put stuff in the boot, luckily my rear windows are tinted, I hope no one, because on the, my back seat, I have just got cardboard, nothing in it, it's cardboard I need to take to recycling, and because I was running late to get to the first gig, I couldn't dispose of it, so I'm hoping no one smashes my back window and flipping tinties are be more expensive think they're going to rob something good only to find cardboard and they're going to find that there's nothing in the car to take of any worth it's just going to be Tupperware plastic bags 
a curtain. They're like, what the fuck, man? This car's nice and it's just looking like Steptoe's yard in, in the car. So, anyway. Dear Deirdre. Let's go. Fat fears. Obese husband is dangerously overweight and won't eat healthy packed lunch. Because he's probably dead. What do you mean? Healthy doesn't mean you have to taste disgusting. I bet it's not nice. Anyway. Dear Deirdre, my husband is dangerously overweight and isn't taking it seriously. He works long hours for a water company, so I make him a healthy packed lunch every day. So this guy's such an arsehole, right? If he's not eating it. Because here's the thing. You could just lie. You can literally dump it in the bin. And go eat fakes for lunch, babe. And just eat a bacon sandwich. But instead, he's like, no, no, no. I need to tell her I don't like her lunch. <laughs> I often open and find the food untouched. I'm 49. He's, he's 49. I'm 45. We have a son and a daughter of 13 and 14. Um, that's weird. Don't you say you've got a son and a daughter and then it's actually a son who's younger? I'd always refer to the eldest one first. Know what I mean? Don't know. Is that sexism? He's five foot ten and nearly seventeen stone. Jeez. He pretended he wasn't hungry and had missed lunch, but I see from my bank statements that he goes into fast food restaurants every single day. This guy is just dumb. But I love his candor. He drinks lots and, and never does any exercise. He started to get wheezy whenever he exerts himself, and our sex life has dropped off a cliff. Jesus, is he resting that gut on your stomach? Um, no, but seriously, here's the thing. Um, it's sad because I feel like this man's going to have to have a heart attack and then he's going to realise he needs to do something about his life, the way he's living. Because just simply being bigger isn't really... I mean, technically, health-wise, it, is, it can be an issue. It is an issue. But if you are exercising and you, you are, you know... And maybe your body's just okay to be at that weight, that size, then you might be alright. You know what I mean? You might could be okay. But um But yeah, if you're just boozing, so the so the foods the nutrition's not good, the exercise not good. You're just eating, drinking, it's like come on, bro. You know you're not gonna be living long and you got thirteen and fourteen year olds. You know you know what I mean? It's got a part of you that just goes, ah, you know, I do need to dial it back. But like I said, I feel like this guy's going to need a heart attack before he, he reigns in. But for the lunches, though, like, are the lunches that bad that you wouldn't eat something healthier for free? Like I said, maybe compromise, innit? Maybe compromise. So, for example, if he likes burgers, okay? You make him a burger, but making a burger with, you know, I don't know, low fat stuff in it. I don't know. Maybe with grilled, maybe with grilled chicken in the burger. You see what I mean? Maybe just something like that so it's not so extreme. Because if this guy's like a, you know, meat and two veg guy, and you're trying to make him eat quinoa and beetroot, he might kick you in your face. Like, you've gone too far. Like, you've got you to help the guy out. He's gotta help himself out though, still. Anyway. That's weird. Solo frustration. I can have multiple orgasms with my boyfriend, but I can't do it by myself. Maybe you're turned on by the presence of another person in the room. And intimacy. 
Maybe that's it. Well, I don't know. I mean, it seemed like a hard thing to work out. Anyway, um, dear, dear, I'm sexually confident and really satisfied with the sexual relationship my boyfriend and I share. My issue is I can only have multiple orgasms with him, never on my own. Can you have, like, just one orgasm on your own, you greedy cow? Uh, <laughs> I'm 28 and he's 36. We are very open with each other in the bedroom and happy to share what we think and want to try. I'm super sensitive and regularly have several orgasms during foreplay and penetration with him, which is great, and I know I am lucky. The issue is, if I try the same on my own, I don't get aroused, and I and it simply doesn't feel the same. I have bought toys to help me and still have no joy. I'm finding this frustrating as my boyfriend isn't always aroused. Yeah, it's true. You can't just be riding him all the time. He sometimes works away for a few days. So while he is away, I don't get any release at all. Um... So, I mean, this isn't, you know, this isn't the other way round where it's just you. See, but some, I guess it's better if it is the other way round, right? Because you can always have a sneaky, sneaky playtime on your own to, you know, get your rocks off. But you can't always do that with, if, you're part, if you need your partner, right? So, I guess it would be better for you. But for intimacy, it's good. Even if your partner, I guess if you ever split up though, he's taking the orgasms with him. You know what I mean? He's packing all the shit from the house. She's, you're there, you've completely forgot because you're raging. You're like, take your stupid football boots. Yeah? Take your stupid laptop. Alright? Take, take your stupid poster. Your stupid t-shirt with your stupid bands and rap groups on. And your stupid vinyls. And then he just turns at the door and goes, and I'm taking your orgasms with me too. This, 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 this. Oh, dear. So, yeah, don't, you do need to work that out, I guess. Otherwise, you are beholden to this man. You might walk in on him just smashing your sister and your mum. And you're just like, Gary, how could you? He's like, let me explain. She's like, how could you leave sinks, you know, washing in the sink? How could you leave washing in the sink? And he's like, what? You're not going to talk about... Like, talk about what? I can't see anything. Could you just wash up next time? Love you. See you at home. Yep. Yeah? I'll be waiting. <laughs> anyway. Um... Oh, wow. What is going on here? That's it. This is the last one. Dear Deirdre, my soon-to-be ex is parading his sex life in front of me. Okay. My husband is divorcing me but won't move out and is now parading his sex life in front of me. Wow. He loves you so much. He does. He's hurting. He's hurting. Because anyone who doesn't love someone, right, if you've ever ended a relationship with someone you don't love, you just want to leave. You don't want to hurt them. You just want to leave. You don't want want to put the boot in. Because you only really hurt someone is when you love them and they've hurt you. It's like, I need to get you back because I'm just broken. Whereas when you've actually... That's the that's like the real end of a relationship. In a strange way, you can always I feel like you can always save a relationship when it gets a bit toxic and you start doing mad things to each other because there is some kind of love there that's the kind of foundation of the jealousy. But when the love's just gone, you don't give a shit. You know what I mean? Like you are out to three in the morning and you've got no missed calls or texts from your from your husband or wife or your partner. You ain't told them where you're going, but they don't give a shit. 
You text and you think, oh, do what? Maybe I should text them. Hey, I'm on my way home. And they don't even look at the phone. And then you get in. They're not even in. It's like, what? Where, where are they? Shit. <laughs> You're fully just not caring at all. You know what I mean? Like, there's there's a great... There's, you know what I mean? There's sense of what I'm saying, right? There's a bit of love in the jealousy. To be jealous, you've got love. Because jealousy is a fear of losing something you care about. And all the, all the, all the toxicity... Again, that love and hate on the on the opposite sides of the same coin. But when you just got that apathy, that I don't care. I don't care. Hey, that guy's talking to your wife. I don't care. I don't give a shit. <laughs> you know what I mean? So this guy, he loves his ex-wife, even though he's acting like an absolute arsehole. But let's see what happens. And we've been married for 20 years and have be and and have two teenage children. I'm 47, he's 49. Things started going wrong a few years ago. Uh, he was picking fights with me and putting me down in front of the kids. Never did. Eventually, he told me he's had enough of me. Uh, I bored him and he wanted divorce. It's not true. He's lying. He loves you. He loves you and he just, I don't know why he can't express what's actually wrong with the relationship. But he's running away. I was gutted but accepted it. Um, as he was making me miserable and I thought it was the best thing for the children. But then he said he couldn't afford to move out, so he would have to stay in our house until the divorce was finalised. He moved into the spare room, as agreed, but within a couple of weeks, he started seeing a woman at work. Raw. So that means he's got all the married man swagger, but he's got all the actual, you know, freedom to, to smash around. I had that. Not mostly married. Um, I was in a long-term relationship. And, every, and as well as at uni, everyone knew about it. So I had to, you know, I had the guy in the relationship confidence, just like, oh man, if you were single, Darren, like I would. And then they didn't know that me and my ex had split up months ago, but we were still living with each other. So when I was like, you know, I'm actually single, and I was like, I'm not going to tell them I'm single. I'm just going, I'm just going to do it. And they're like, oh my God, this is so naughty. Oh my God. What have you got and found out? It's only after it's just like, <laughs> I'm actually single. Oh, they're like, you liar. I only slept with you because I thought you had a girlfriend. <laughs> no, it's crazy. You're just more appealing when you're in a relationship, right? So you've got that in the relationship appeal, in the relationship swagger, but they the freedom to do what you want. That's what this man's got to work. But he's like senior in the company as well. Anyway, um, I think she's in her 30s. He has taken pleasure in telling me she is so much more fun and sexy than me. Although he hasn't brought her back to the house, small mercies, he flaunts his relationship in front of me. He bought a big box of condoms and a tuba lube and left them in the bathroom where anyone could see them. Yeah, but here's the thing though. He's bought a tube of lube, meaning she ain't getting wet. And uh, the condoms, which reminds me of another conversation I had this week about the male pill. Um, you know, some woman posted that it's really mad that there's no contraception for men, yet they're the ones who can literally get multiple people pregnant in a day, uh, which is a silly conversation because there is contraception for men. It's called condoms. And those who are responsible will use the contraception that's available to them. Anyone who doesn't want a kid will use contraception, um, men and women. And any man who doesn't care about 
that stuff and isn't responsible wouldn't be using the male pill anyway. So if you can invent that, only the people who take it are people who are responsible using condoms anyway. So what does it matter to you? Really, it should just be men campaigning for the male pill. And I think a lot of men would like it because they like to burn back. Anyway, at last week, uh, and lastly, he received a package from Amazon comparing a spray to numb his penis to make sex last longer. Yeah, this is the old man trying to have sex with a younger woman. This guy is popping Viagras all over the place. This guy needs to watch out for he has a heart attack. Um, this is so hurtful and humiliating. No, it's only humiliating when he has a heart attack with a boner. When he slips a disc because he's trying to keep up this young thing at work. The worst thing is he thinks he it's his right to have sex with me too. Jesus, this guy's a monster. Is he some kind of Roman? Um, twice he's come home drunk and climbed into bed with me in the middle of the night. What did you do? I know it's hopeless and he's simply using me, but we did end up having sex now, for fuck's sake. <laughs> he thinks it's fine because we're still legally married. I don't know what to do. I can't move out because of the children. I want him out of my life. Yeah, you um, you need to accelerate this divorce. You're going to have to make some compromises with the divorce as well just to get this quicker. And if you can't, but just push it. Get your lawyers to just be sending letters. Letters, 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 letters. Pepper him, pepper him, pepper him, pepper him. Get this divorce done. Get this bloke out of your house. He's toxic as hell. And stop bagging him. Jesus. Anyway, people, that's the end of the pod. Uh, I think that's good. Good 49 minutes. I need to get that drink. One of those, like I said, one of those aloe vera drinks. I need to find a boss man off license. I think I've parked my car in a place that means it won't get smashed into. There's a re- there's a restaurant, a bar that can see the car. It's a well-lit street. I can still see the street where the other car, well, I saw the glass from the other car behind me, but I think this is a much safer street to park on. Anyway, people, that's the end of the pod. Peace.